All right, and we are going once again. This is the seventh episode of the Music City Podcast. That is the MCP. If you are not subscribed, go ahead and hit that red button and subscribe for more. Um, if you like this video at any point, you're digging what you see, go ahead hit the like button as well. That helps us out more than y'all would think. <clears throat> we also have a MCP Clips channel. It's got shorter content there. It's more specific, easier to watch if you don't have the time to sit around and watch an hour of one of our podcasts. We understand if you don't. <clears throat> um, I'm almost done with these plugs. Almost done. Dude, a good job though. A lot better than last time. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll ease into this. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Music City Podcast if you want to keep up with us on kind of just how we're, um, if you want to like if you want to keep up with our schedule, when exactly our episodes are going to be coming out, and uh, when we're filming our episodes. Like us on Facebook for the same kind of information, um, and you can find us there at the Music City Podcast as well. Um, some news on our sponsor, if you do happen to follow us on any of those things, it is not quite here yet. We thought it would be here today, but it is coming. <clears throat> Feel like we may owe y'all a hint um, because I did say on uh, Instagram and Facebook that it would be here. So it is a beer sponsor. It is what we do on this podcast every single time. Drink. Yes. Beer. It is related to that beer. in some way. <laughs> it fits the theme for sure. Um, but we're super excited about, about the sponsor and we're super appreciative. Um, and yes. Beer. <laughs> um. Our guest today is our friend Trevor Clark. He's the leader of the local band Trevor Clark Trio. Um, a lot, if you're in Nashville, I guarantee you all have heard of them before. Um, one of the most hardworking musicians that I know in town. Um, he's from Chicago, but at this point he is a definite Nashville veteran. Um, I first got the chance to see him play with a local bluegrass band called Grass to Mouth, which y'all will definitely see more of as this podcast goes on. <clears throat> I got to hear uh, Mike and uh, Mike and Zach. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, them play this weekend. Actually, it was really cool, yeah. dude. They lost Patty. They recorded their show. That, heck so. yeah! Right on, dude. There's I'm some... actually about to upload that on archive.org. So Very if you cool. want to check that out, is that definitely. a thing you're doing regular regularly now? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like I finally got microphones, dude. So I'm super excited. That's I can a- instead of getting the bullshit soundboard. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can actually like control, control me more in control than just like relying on that because I do not know what I'm doing on that end. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. at least I can learn this easier, and I'm having more fun with it. So no, dude, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah but uh, but yeah, they were awesome though. I had a good time with uh, hanging out with them, and uh, they were cool. I shot the show with them afterwards, and they're super fun guys. So. But yeah, aren't we uh, having them on like next week or something? Like I that? think that we'll be having, not uh, yeah, I think we'll be having the grass to mouth guys uh, on, cool right. next week, which right. will be pretty cool. Um, the Kinley brothers. Kinley. Kinley. They say uh, maybe they'll. Kinley. T- they, 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 you gotta say it like that though. You know? Kinley. Kinley. <laughs> I don't think I've met either of them. Uh, uh, Mike and Dyke. Oh, yeah, oh, is that? Yeah, Mike and Dyke, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's their thing. Well, McKinley Holler, the Bill Monroe tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they go, Kinley. Ah. Is that? It has it has more depth than that. It's okay. very layered. You know, you'll you'll have to get into that with them. Zach has oh. talked to me about that before, but I don't remember at all what, what he might have said. <laughs> but there is. They're, they're wild cards. I love those guys. <laughs> dude, they're homies. They man. crack me up. <laughs> um, when I saw Got you play the with them, dude, you y'all were ripping and like. I think it was at the East Room, and it was a sick show, and uh, it was right around the time that Sickard Hollow was getting started, and I was just like watching y'all, and like even to this day, it's like y'all hit that pocket that's so badass, and yeah. I, uh, it was awesome, it was, it was no, fucking I, awesome. Yeah, those guys are are awesome, and and Ryan too, Ryan Emler. Uh, Whenever we get together, it just we just make like a wall of sound, you know, and we really know how to like delve into the psychedelic kind of side of the jams, <clears throat> and we use like a lot of you know influences from like strings, and Green Sky, and then just you know our pure raw emotion into it. It's it's pretty incredible when when we're on point, you know. It's kind of like the Dead, is like when we're hitting it, we're hitting it. Yeah. Right on. When did you when did you start playing with those dudes? Oh, probably three, four years ago. Right on. Um, right when I moved here, 
I played a gig, and uh, it was Grass to Mouth was playing right after I was. I was doing a solo thing. I do like a solo show, loop pedal, beatbox, and you know a whole whole slew of sounds that I create and make. <clears throat> and they were just hanging out, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to jam?" Or rather, I said, "Hey, do you want to jam to Zach?" and Ryan and they actually sat in on my set with me towards the end of it and that's kind of how I met Grass to Mouth they had a different bass player at the time uh Craig right on yeah it was kind of like that's kind of how I met them um man what was the name of that place it was a festival like Rumpke Mountain Boys played was it in Kentucky no it was right here um right here in Tennessee huh and we were like, on, it was like Stone Bluff or something like that. Brian, Brian is going to kill me for uh, not remembering <laughs> this. But <clears throat> Larry Keogh played in Acoustics Anonymous and Rumpke Mountain Boys and everybody picked all night long and played music. It was, it was a windy time. But yeah, that was when I met those guys. And then I started playing with them shortly after that. Uh-huh. And then we um, played a bunch of shows. We did Hartford Fest. We uh, we did a we got a residency down at Acme, and that Sick. was like that was it. You know, we that's were like, hell yeah, here we go. Yeah, that's so much fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And then we just kind of play on and off. I've been doing my thing now. I'm kind of like going full solo type thing. Right on. Um. So you've been, and you've already been playing live shows since this yeah, whole. Yeah, I saw one of your live streams actually. I think last weekend or last yeah. week. And that not can't say that for close to any other bands right now. Yeah, I've been doing some live streams, and then um, I did one tiny like pub gig, and it was like a beautiful disaster, you know. So I was like, all right, I, I think I'm gonna hold off on on doing more stuff like that. Um, Nothing with, you know, the venue, just more personal things and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been doing music for a long time. Uh, Like, seriously been doing it for close to 10 years. Um, In and out of bands. Played in, like, indie rock bands. Played in... um, just all I played in bluegrass bands, folk bands, just jamming with people, hanging out, getting gigs anywhere I, I can. And uh, but really, it all started with like, you know, I like Keller Williams a mm-hmm. lot. He's like my inspiration to you know a lot of this. And uh, that definitely and, shows. And then I got into uh, Victor Wooten. Nice. And got into. Um, you know, just the whole looping idea because Victor, Victor's another person who loops and, uh, and really what it is, is like you're creating these soundscapes by yourself. And once you get into the zone of them, you kind of like start to understand music better and and you understand more elements. So when you go to jam with people, you kind of have like this expectation or feeling or thought because you've been there before so you can really with like looping you can really you know progress your playing and really delve into that you can really dissect a jam and kind of hear the individual parts and sort of absolutely understand what you should be hearing around you right and what's right it's a good teacher that's really cool dude and you're like you're you're a master of that like when i Whenever I go to see you play, like I'm always excited to see how you're gonna work in the looper to this show because it's it's different every single time. Yeah, yeah. It, <clears throat> there's no consistency in it, and that's like that's what I love about it. It's just like it just is, you know. No one's telling the flower where to grow. It's just kind of becoming its own, if you will. So, so as like when you're when you're doing your looping, like was there ever a point where you were just like you had like a very basic looper like just like a regular looper and then like you started working with that when you're like damn this one doesn't do enough and you get it and like because i know there's a shitload of loopers i don't do a whole lot of looping so i don't really know a whole lot of the features but um has there been like a like a stepping stone of loopers 
Yeah, there. I think the first loop pedal I ever used was uh, an old bandmate of mine. His name's Aaron Kenny, great songwriter. Uh, he had a loop pedal, and I started messing around on it, and I was it was god awful. It was like you clicked it twice or something, and you clicked it again, and then it created <laughs> the loop and. Then you're like, all right, how do I stop this? Well, you got to click it over three times or something. And, and you're like, geez, this is not, this is not fun at all. This uh, is defeating, you know? Yeah. You, you don't want to use that, that piece of a technology or equipment. You're it like, sounds like my looper. <laughs> and that's why people never <laughs> go anywhere with loops. Cause you know, you gotta, you have to, you gotta get one that works for you. Yeah. And, uh, but then I, you know, I bought one. It was called the jam man loop pedal by digitech and that thing was awesome i actually used it so much that i think i glitched it out because i would do loop sometimes and the thing would just start like glitching like it was like <laughs> some crazy trap song or something <laughs> and everyone's looking at me like what the hell <laughs> how is he doing that and i'm like i don't know Sick. <laughs> exactly <was> that is awesome <laughs> So, you know, loop pedals, you know, beware. They'll go rogue on you, uh, just like any piece of equipment. But And then recently I just got this thing called the RC300, and this is like, you know, the Mac Daddy, whatever that really means. I don't know. What is Mac Daddy? I like Daddy? that. The top notch. The top notch, right. The big dog. The big, right. Reminds That's, me of a Big Mac. Or like a Mac Daddy. A Royale with cheese. Roy- a Royale <laughs> with cheese. Damn, I would love a cheeseburger. Right? Yes. This would be a good plug for a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's will be sending you a bill. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Buy us something. Free McDonald's, free fries. Well, what's the brand of that loop pedal again you said? So the RC300 mm-hmm. is made by Boss. And man, it is the boss. It is like <laughs> it's three loop pedals in one. What ex- could you explain that to me? Sorry. It's really so understand. it's three. So essentially, it's three looper pedals. So you have a, essentially you have a a play, a stop, a play, a stop, a play, a stop, and play is phrasing. Phrasing mm. is looping. And so you click, you know, the one that you want to hit to create the next one and it just kind of whatever you whatever you do it, it regurgitates records. it to right you. Okay. and then you can layer that as many times as you want on just that single singular one but then if you were to go to the next one it's the same exact thing and they all synchronize and quantize to one another or not you could have it like free form mode and um so essentially you have three of those, so you can create, I don't know, endless amounts of ideas. Um, I don't even know where to begin with how, where you could, you know, everybody looks at it differently Yeah. and depending on your setup, it's going to come out different, but there, man, this thing is awesome. I'll tell you what I've been like isolation. Quarantining has been just like me doing that, you know? Uh, just like sitting there creating loops, drum beats and sounds, drum and space, you know. Is it hard to have three like have you actually pushed it to that three different loops that you can get to? Like is that hard to kind of keep up with like with notes and everything? Like I think may- maybe, but not for me. I I just it's like um I don't know, the loop pedal is natural. Mhm. Natural to me. That's cuz you've been playing playing for so long how long did you say you've been playing it for or uh, been using that effect probably 10 years uh, yeah okay. somewhere around there i got you yeah nice. i don't think i realized that till maybe like a year ago that i'd been doing it for that long i remember i used to carry around a bunch of stuff i used to host open mics and uh i would bring like a stomp box which i would rig like a microphone underneath with like an old t-shirt and I would like stomp on that and sit and play while I was looping. I think at one point I had a, a kick drum and a hi-hat and was doing kind of this like 
thing, you know, and just kind of like chuck into that, and then just like a like a the beat of a chuck, just yeah. like without notes, just like the kikai, unch, kikai, unch. yeah, exactly, that's fire, yeah, and then uh, a didgeridoo was like I learned how to circular breathe. We wow. have a didgeridoo in there, actually. And Do you? Yeah, or not. Who left, who's this? Uh, Parrish. Yeah, it's Parrish. It's, uh, yeah. Dude. There's a didgeridoo in there. How did you learn to circular breathe? I, I just watched a YouTube video pretty much. <laughs> Holy, that's sick, <laughs> Of dude. course. So... Um, do you apply like I, I don't know if you're getting around to this, but you do when you do your looping stuff, you d- you do the trumpet thing. Yeah. Do you utilize that when that skill when you do the trumpet thing? Well, the the thing about circular breathing is that you you kind of need this force that pushes up against your lip, like a didgeridoo or a trumpet, or mm. because that's what's going to create like this um, bagpipe effect, where like all this air is trapped in your cheeks and then you're, you're blowing out. Um, You're kind of pushing, excuse me. You're trying, you're like pushing air. And I don't know if you guys can see this very well, but you're like holding your cheeks and you're, you know, (laughs) that's like, and then you're inhaling. So, just so you can keep the note going along. So yeah, and so then when you have the didgeridoo in front of you, it becomes this like channel uh. of flow, right? Having flow, and you just kind of like keep inhaling through your no- nose yeah. and exhaling out of your mouth. And uh, the way you get good at this is you put water in your mouth and you spit water out with just your cheeks, and then you inhale with your nose simultaneously. So it's kind of like this, and it's gonna sound great. So, <laughs> yeah, that needs to be a sound bite. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's you know that's the best sound bite I'm gonna give y'all. Dude, that makes perfect sense though. Yeah, like yeah. the the cycle thing. Yeah. yeah, like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So could you, could you? Uh, you don't have to do it right now, but could you do that like right now? What play did you do? Like. Just yeah, we're not gonna bring it out. Yeah, but. But like if you could, like, could you do it right now if you wanted to? Probably, That's depending sick. on the the mouth size. If if the mouthpiece fits correctly. Okay. That's really all it comes down to. This did have a smaller mouth, you know, so you have to have a smaller fitting. Because you said it has yeah. to press against. You say you have to yeah, press you, against your. To yeah, get. you make like this buzzing sound, like. Reminds me, this is taking me back to middle school in my trombone days. Yeah. For the trombone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for a time. You know. Old or Bill. vocal. If you've ever done like vocal, like exercises. Yeah. Like, that's how you get overtones. So the didgeridoo is like oh, a, a tone, and ah. then you can create overtones within it. By Word up. I, I I knew that exercise, but I didn't know the reason for it. That makes it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When I was in also in middle school, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to that again. Yeah. But when I would do vocal lessons, the dirty I, days, the dirty days, middle school, good old days. My the one, good old days. I liked I liked my bullet from uh, is it what's it called bullet for my Valentine? I don't know. They screamed a lot, and so I looked up on YouTube <laughs> on how to scream, and I I'll never forget. It says if you put the the technique was put a pencil in your mouth, like bite down on a pencil, and try to push the air up over the pencil, and it'll sound like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great sound. That's so bad, but that, that was is not as good a soundbite as that other. One. No, it was not. <laughs> it was That's bad. weird that they like put a pencil in your mouth and like try to blow over it. It doesn't sound like a very healthy technique. No, it doesn't. Graphite, lead, or lead, not graphite, lead gets your mouth. Yeah, but then also like your vocal. That just doesn't sound good for your vocal cords either. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you're like chewing on your pencil. That was that's like you know. Pre-COVID stuff. <laughs> yeah. You don't do that shit that anymore. Was de- don't do that anymore. <laughs> that was definitely a video from 2007. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you remember those, like, viral challenges of the kids? Like, he would eat Tide Pods and stuff like oh, that? Oh, God. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. What is wrong? Like, why does that even that? sound, like, even remotely, like, a smart thing to do, you know? But... You got, you got to go viral, dude. I get no, you don't. <laughs> you have to live, not go viral. Well, apparently, apparently, you got to go viral. Fuck that. 
But dude, so Trevor, challenge. I remember one of the first times that Will uh, ever showed me a video you playing. He was talking about you playing with grass to mouth. What was that video of them? I think not City Winery, but maybe somewhere. It was at um, y'all's Music City Roots show. That's oh what yeah, it, heck yeah. yeah. That was awesome. I remember Will showed me that several times. Like we listened to that several times when we lived in the apartment. Dude, so I, I fanboy like, wow. over that video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was great times, man. That was a good. That was a good recording. Uh, when when was that? Uh, that was like right before Christmas. Um, good luck finding out the year. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was right before Christmas, and we did like a whole. Uh, we did like a commercial type Vieta Chili intro for the show, and then we did a few songs. And uh, Jerry Douglas, I believe, played that right after us. That is sick. That's yeah. awesome. There might have been one other group in between us, but how many songs do I play? I think we did in total four. Nice. And then we did like sitting on top of the world at the end. Ooh. We did like uh, you know, at the end of that show, Music City Roots. For anyone who doesn't know, um, used to be in Franklin, Tennessee, I believe. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> Ryan Imler worked there. And, uh, yeah, they would do, like, a whole segment. It was, like, a whole show. So you'd go, you sit down, and, you know, there'd be, you know, it was, like, the old um, Hee Haw show, which is, like, a really old, like, um, country show. And it's kind of this, like, play with a host. And, I don't know, it's just a different format that I'm used to. I'm from, like, Chicagoland area. And... And Tennessee just has this whole other format of, like, music entertainment, which is badass. And uh, I'd never really seen that before. So I was just kind of watching it, absorbing it, and, like, trying to understand what was happening. Um, But at the very end, they always have, like, a giant jam with everybody. And you know what? Now that I say it, I don't think Jerry Douglas played. But, oh, well, we'll have have to look look back into that do you remember who else might have played besides him or was it just y'all too no there was a it was a whole show and it was close to christmas time um because i remember we dressed up we had like you know they had a bunch of like prop hats for us to wear (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so uh yeah we did that whole thing and then we did like a vieta chili thing it was fun it was a great time uh, Music City Roots, shout out to them. Hopefully they get back up and running. Yeah, man. They make some super cool videos, and those shows are really cool. Yeah, I know they're kind of like on hiatus. I don't know if they're, you know, I don't know what's going on. Is it COVID-related? or since No, we- they were, they were kind of like down and out. Uh, I don't know what happened. I have, I have no idea. Dang. Yeah. I remember that they put on a... Uh, something at Tennessee Brew Works like back in uh, a while back and um, we played a show were you playing with Sickard when, when we did that show at Tennessee Brew Works I think I'm not I think so I don't know right well it was around that time I think Kyle Tuttle played it and I think Grass to Mouth did too um, but that's the last thing I've heard of Music City Roots um, but that was that was super fun. It was like a oh yeah, we did do I did do that actually. Yeah, I I did like a a Trevor Clark in the current situation. Right on. Which is which is like the new thing that I'm kind of doing, where it's you know whoever's whoever's currently there, you know, uh, is a a good way to describe that. So I kind of created this Trevor Clark in the current situation because. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, Cheers to that, man. Yeah. I like the spontaneity of it. Absolutely. That's yeah. really awesome. Is that kind of like, uh, I think the last show I saw you play was at uh, D's. Is that in, over in Madison? Yeah. Okay, D's with, uh, you play with, you did some of your own stuff and you did a little thing with the Sweet Lilies too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's totally a current situation. Uh, that was aw- <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Oh, that's that was, totally- I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think you were there. With, I'm pretty I'll, sure. You were. I don't know if I was there, but I watched it on a. I watched it on the live stream. Uh, oh, I went with Alex. That's who. Because right on. I think y'all got Alex to. Yeah. To sing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did Alex? Uh, Alex came up and sang something. What did he sing? Uh, damn it. 
Alex. <laughs> but that was a cool show. She like I... a call Alex button. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. But uh, but that was a cool show, man. I I like that spontaneity aspect of everything. Just like working with what you got. You know what I mean? It's kind of like punk punk rock or uh yeah punk rock bluegrass. You know what I mean? Just working okay. with what you got. I like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, at the essence of of everything. That's really what it comes down to, um, how well adaptable you are, you know, and uh, I th- I always think it's it's cool when you see like a band out there and they're just like bare bones, you know, and it's just like them and their instrument, you know, broken down drum kit and you know just the bare bones, you know, it's just something about that is like you're kind of vulnerable. And, uh, and you're like, you're not allowed, you're not like afraid to like, let it all hang out if something goes down. But that isn't to say I don't like, like souped up shows, you know, like, yeah. like fish or the dead or something like that. But there's, that's kind of how I started off was like playing with whatever you had around, you know, mm-hmm. an old guitar that a friend gave you or, or, you know, an old piano organ p organ my friend katie used to play she used to play this like it was crazy it was like this little organ piano and it like whistles like (laughs) (laughs) you're like what is that it's like something spinning inside and making it whistle. I think, uh, like the Allman Brothers did something like that on their. It's like this thing that it's like a thing that's spinning around. It yeah, the Leslie's level. Leslie rotating speaker. Okay, and tr- oh, someone in Fish uses that because we were watching a uh, dinner and movie last mm-hmm. night. And I remember seeing the same exact thing that like that rotating type thing. Uh, is it an amp that it's rotating in, or I think I think, I think it sure. had, there's like a foot lever or some type of switch switch that kind of oh, like controls P- how fast. It yeah. Goes. It'd, yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but that's really dope. And I don't know what they're using it for. It could be for the organ, mm-hmm. or it could be like they're pumping their whole sound out of it, and then they're spinning their sound as like a space type of like far out atmosphere thing. Sick. You know? That'd be awesome. That's wild. <laughs> but I'm sure somebody knows. <laughs> somebody out there. Somebody out there knows how fishes rig so- entirely works. Uh, but something that's cool to do, like you're kind of saying, uh, I've seen you play a lot of different types of genres of music. Like, you know, play like almost folky type music, like Delilah sings. Great, yeah. great song. Like Americana folky type thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you play bass and bluegrass on, in multiple bands. I've seen you beatbox. Like, the versatility is there. That's awesome. Like, I, I appreciate that. Like, and you were kind of talking about that earlier. Like, where do you think you kind of learn all that versatility from you've kind of summed it up like throughout the episode, but are there any influences per in particular or anything like that, that you can note? Yeah. I I like, uh, Reggie Watts. Right on. Or, uh, I said that right, right? Yeah. I listen to Reggie. I like his stuff a lot. He, uh, he like has this thing where he just like improvs off the cuff type thing. And, uh, I think I was unaware that he was even around for a while just cause like I tend to, I tend to like not listen to music cause it, you know, I listen to a lot of what I like and that's about it. And mm-hmm. I kind of don't explore too far cause I'm afraid, you know, I might know too much and I might find out too much information, you know, and I, and I don't want to be skewed in how I'm creating like my art. Does that, Ah. That sounds like a similar mindset to maybe some people that would choose not to go to music school. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like, I did sound school and then dropped out of that. Right on. And uh, I learned what I needed to know. And I was like, okay, you know, the rest is history. But I was, you know, I didn't go to music school. I farted around in like art classes and stuff like that. And, uh, learned about how my brain worked and just like used art as a uh a coping mechanism for life and then used sound as like a you know a way to heal yourself so 
when you meet a lot of people and you hang out with a lot of people, you kind of figure out what you can play and do to uh, to get by, you know? And you kind of like learn how to beatbox and mouth trumpet because you hear other people do it and it sounds cool and you're like, hey, I could do that. And, you know, that's it's like a way a way to defeat, you know, the things that some of us are like, you know, scared of or whatever. Like stereotypes or so I mean, when like you like everything. Like when you are you do you mean when you jam with people and you learn when you the more people you play with, the more inspiration you can draw from and from that inspiration you can create more things on your own. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, it's like the more the more people you hang out with, you kind of you know, you you get this like vibe from them and and you can and even even just music, listening to it, you can kind of like you can like listen to a song and then you could really like step back and just kind of like listen to it like like you do in like the back of a club or something like that and it kind of has got this like and you get closer and you can kind of like listen to music and life like that it's kind of just like you hear everything but it's all just kind of muffled in there and uh that's kind of like the vibe that's kind of how vibes work, I feel like. You know, that's kind of like you, you meet somebody and it's just this, like, uh, this muffled version of who they really are. And then you have to kind of walk away from it and and keep moving forward. And you take a piece of them with you and you take some of them with you and then you try to, you know, be one with it and play music through that and create sound like that. At least that's kind of like the vibe I'm going with. That's, you know, that's beautiful, dude. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's like taking a piece of someone every time you go somewhere or taking a piece of environment too, not just the people, the environment, everything with them. And I would dare, I would, I would like dare say like, that's almost a subconscious thing for musicians. Like, yeah, if you're truly listening, you can't help but do that. Yeah, and I guess that's what I mean by the muffledness, too. It's kind of like this subconscious, like, thing that's happening. Because, you know, you're in the moment, you're not, like, sitting there dissecting it like it's a frog or something. You're, like, you're just going through it, and you're your consuming brain... consuming it. You're consuming it, right. And your brain's kind of picking up, you know, it's like mud, throwing mud at a wall, right? And seeing what splats and where all of it lands. And uh, some of it's right in the dead center, and you see it right away. And then there's like, you know, little things over here. And then you those see things a couple weeks later. collect into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're sitting there like three weeks later, and you're like laughing about something you were talking to somebody about. And you're like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> no, that's, that makes total sense. That happens to me all the time where I'm like, I get that. Like, or especially in music where I'm like, because I like play mu- lyrics through my head just subconsciously, you know what I mean? Where I'm working, doing anything. And then, like, or maybe not I'll get it, but I'll get a new meaning for myself, like, when I'm just sitting there, like, weeks later. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> Damn, that's... Yeah. I like that. That's really cool. Can, we're, we're on the topic of uh, influences. Um, might be a, appropriate to bring up. A year ago today, we, we lost one of the biggest influences, I'd say, in bl- modern bluegrass. Um, Jeff Austin, probably a huge influence to you as well to me um that's that's very sad yeah um, what happened rest in peace jeff rest too. in peace jeff jeff made some amazing music with yonder mountain string band and his original band as well and um he had a, rig- a band before yonder i don't think so huh. it was just yonder was his first no it's just I'm, yonder i thought okay i think so i i don't no, too he's much, from, so. he's kind of like near where I grew up, you know. Uh, Jeff's from Yorkville, if I'm correct. Is that uh, what the Umphreys guys are from too? 
I, 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 I think uh, um, Brandon Bayless from uh, Umphreys lives there. Cool. And they would do this 30 dB um, kind of duo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a fun song, you know, storytelling type thing. Yeah. I'd seen him do it at summer camp uh, before. And uh, they play a lot in Chicago. Well, they did. And they, uh, I don't know, it was just fun. It was different, you know. It was different than anything else. It was kind of like them cutting loose, playing tunes, hanging out, you know. That was a new project too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, a newer project, I think, you know, in between Jeff leaving the band. But, yeah, what a shame to lose him. He was uh, an inspiration. And, like, you know, kind of like that oddball guy that just seems to work. Yes. You know, and you're listening to Yonder and you're like, you're like this guy's cutting through. Like everybody else is taking solos and stuff. And then, you, and then Jeff plays and you're like, shit, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's playing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? He's, he's dogging through it. And he, and he just, he had his own atmosphere to him. You know, this kind of this, the way the air moved around him kind of vibe. I, I mean, I'd only met him once, um, and that's actually the first time I'd ever met Kyle Tuttle, who's going to be on my uh, upcoming record. Ooh. Um, yeah. Please finish what you're saying, but please tell us more about that. But So, yeah, that was the first time I met um, Kyle Tuttle and Jeff Austin, and it was at this place called The House Cafe which is a place I used to hang out all the time. They did open mics. Uh, they had an awesome MC there named Jolly Baba. And he, it's you know, a sick name. he started off, this is the center of the universe. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome. Where was this, this place at? Uh, this is uh, DeKalb, Illinois. Okay. Um, and so I, I used to go up there and play shows and uh, I'd do stuff up there. And uh, we picked up a, a gig. I was playing this side project that I created called The Stringed Beans, uh, a tribute to uh, String Bean, who was a banjo player who was this kind of like goofy guy on the Hee Haw show. And he wore his, he sagged his pants like really low down to his knees. And uh, so we created this, this band called The Stringed Beans with... Uh, some other members I had been playing this band called under the willow and it kind of some mix and mash overs happened with some other band members and bands. What instrument did you play in under the willow? Uh, and under the willow I played bass. Cool. Yeah. I played uh stick bass. The stick one that bass. I, yeah. One I get that I play that everyone mostly sees me playing on. That is a sick instrument. Yeah. It's that thing has seen a shitload of shows, I'm sure. <laughs> that thing has been through it all. I've left that thing places, and we've been on an island. Uh, an island? Yeah. we. I played this like island up in, uh, kind of like up in northern uh, Michigan called Beaver Island. And, uh, Are there beavers? Sorry. Oh, yeah. There's totally... There's beavers up there. Sick. Dude, that was a wild time. We, <laughs> we, I, we played this, like... Uh, we played on the boat, and this ferry boat takes you to this island. And it's like, you know, a three-hour tour. <laughs> <laughs> three-hour tour. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, like, swaying back and forth. We're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we get there and it's it's like a beautiful place with just like a little tiny strip where people can go and get some ice cream and shop and but then it's like you get out there and there's a a, a festival pretty which is some guy's house and he's got like eco Porto Johns and he built the stage himself and Sick. he's out there, you know, beaver trapping and Be they got, you know, there's like a native guy there on the, that is cutting up fresh uh, trout that he just caught. This and is on the middle of a lake and like, yeah, in Michigan. Yeah. Holy beaver God. Island. This is, that sounds sick. 
<laughs> Holy shit. It I was, like the fresh caught salmon. Dude, it was wild. And then everybody vacates for the winter. You know, it's like nobody stays there. Everybody vacates <laughs> except for like a few of the people, you know, they're like the, you know, the year rounders year rounders was right? it how cold was it oh it gets well it was nice it was summertime oh okay yeah but it gets cold there in the winter and that's why everybody you know gets out of there because if you get trapped out there there's nothing you know there's no supply train that's coming for you uh, or whatever i'm sure if they had to they would helicopter in something but some cheese its or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know bring the vegetarian <laughs> food the homeless people stole it all <laughs> 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 Trevor, have you heard about that? No, no, we what can't. Di- we can't diverge further. <laughs> That's pretty, uh, why can't? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we can. Dude, so the uh, people at the chop, like the place in Seattle, uh, they sent out this like voice memo or whatever, saying they're like, we need supplies. Like the first supplies y'all sent were like vegan food or whatever. They're like. <laughs> The homeless people ate all the vegan food and we need more. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> that sounds so fucking PNW or whatever, like Seattle, whatever. Right. Oh, man. Even fun. the homeless are vegan out there. Yeah. <laughs> They're no, bro, I won't take that hamburger, man. <laughs> it's like. Is that McDonald's? No way, bro. No, no, bro. Unacceptable. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, yeah. Not to make fun of homeless people because that's a serious Yeah. <laughs> We go back to Beaver Island. Oh yeah, Beaver Island. That what a like. It's a gem of a place, you know. And I'm I'm sure they still do the the festival out there. I think while we were out there, they were filming, um, like a History Channel thing. Cause the dude he like he carved out boats. Like he was a a boat maker. Like out of wood. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Holy shit. And. Uh, I don't remember what they were filming up there, but they were filming something uh, for history or discovery or one of those like channels. Yeah. But dude was, I was like, no, no wonder. Cause the dude was like, you know, it was his family and him and they just ran the whole festival and lived on this Island. And I mean, they were like true, you know, pioneers, you know, they're out there doing everything. If they're living off the land, like fishing for food and shit. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, the, the porta potties were even all you know. They dug it down and they they had it all. You know, they weren't bringing in a company to drop off Johns. You know, they like had it figured out, and they had it figured out to where they could have a lot of people and still be okay. That's awesome. Yeah, and so this was a festival that you played. Yes. How many bands are on the festival? Uh, a slew. Right on. Yeah, yeah, a, a bunch of bands. Gotcha. Damn. That's I'll not... have to bu- I should have wore that shirt. Then we could have looked at it. <laughs> I would have loved to have looked at it and get gazed upon. Did you look gazed at upon. it? <laughs> <laughs> gazed upon. But uh, no. But before this, you were telling us about how you, you had met uh, Je- Jeff Austin and Kyle Tuttle. The, right. Yeah. That, Jeez, sorry, we, we, got we far we away from that. Yeah, but I made a. I'm really cruising in the right lane right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to our world. But I love I love the story, so that's what fucking makes so us great. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. What were you saying about that though? Um Yeah, Je- Jeff, uh we'd had that show out in the house house cafe and uh played out there and did the show and he was uh he was in really good spirits. Um no one was there. he brought his his family, uh they were in an R V. They all we're just hanging out. You know, they didn't live too far, but, you know, he brought the RV and they were hanging out and having fun. And, you know, I don't know if he was doing a bunch of other shows. Uh, I don't know what the deal was. But he was, like, in really good spirits that night and played to, like, maybe 15 people. I think that's a small crowd. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of depressing. And, uh, yeah. I think that led to a downward spiral or it had already been going on. You know, I don't, I don't know Jeff personally and I don't know his whole situation, but from what I've heard other people saying, you know, he was already kind of on some type of downward spiral. Uh, and, uh, 
but that night was magical for me because it was so intimate and everybody played perfect in my opinion. And, uh, I was there with like some really close friends I've known for a long time. And, uh, it was just, it was great. And it ended just like any other night, you know, we're all hanging outside this place, the house cafe. And, uh, there's always trains going by. They're like these really loud trains that come flying through because the, the railroad tracks are like right next to the venue, like a block away. So, you know, you hear one of those and kind of always like startles you. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> and uh, everybody it just puts kinda... rumbles through your bones and a train comes by, man. Is <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're. Uh, hey, you live? <laughs> <laughs> you wake, <late>, man. <laughs> right, exactly. I love trains. Don't get me started on that. Uh, but yeah, so it ended just kind of like any other night would, and uh, everybody went on their merry way, and it was a magical show for me. But it was a shame that you know this legend just nobody showed, and and it just kind of was sad. It was kind of like, where's the scene at? What year was that? Uh, I want to say like 2016. Mm-hmm. 2016. Can I ask you guys? 17. Can I ask you guys something as a musician? Like both of you guys, something as musicians. So one thing that I've gathered about musicians, something that I I really right respect about every musician is because I think every musician goes through this. What is it like if say like no one comes to a show or something like that? Because Every I feel like every musician has gone through that, like, and it's kind of like going back to what you're saying, like. But what I respect the most about musicians, it's that it's that drive to keep your dream and your goals going, and that's super respectable, and that's super admirable in any aspect of life that I think anyone can pick up. But like, is that uh, I don't is that something that like musicians go through? Like, do y'all think about that exactly? Like, I, I is that too? I'm not asking if it's like too deep, but I don't. I think um, I think you always want there to be a crowd because it helps you vibe more. Mm-hmm. Helps like helps you uh, helps you just like get in the moment, and it also helps the 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 airwaves. It helps like the sound in the room. But you know, I I was when I started playing music, and I and I still carry this idea with me. I was just playing music to play music and, and have a good time and have fun. So I didn't care if, you know, my two friends showed up and that was it, you know, that mm. was good enough for me. And the, you know, but I think ultimately you want to sell tickets. You want to play to people. You don't want to play to an empty room. And, mm. it, and as, as it becomes more serious, you know, and you really rely on it, depend on it. And people like Jeff Austin, who are incredible, incredible musicians or a musician, um, you know, that talent doesn't just come walking down the street, you know, any day Mm -hmm. that that's a special person. Um, and like, you know, you'll, you'll never have another Jeff Austin. You just know. And that's just, just this is the name of the game. It's just what it is. And uh but yeah, I I would love for there to always be people at the show. Um and that's ultimately the goal. Yeah, you are ultimately trying like music is like Yeah, I like, I realize that. Like it's it's art, it's freedom of expression, it's uh it's uh everything that's supposed to be pure, but it, but also when you're trying to do it professionally, as I'm sure you know and anyone knows, you're, we're trying to sell it. That, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And so it is um, it is discouraging when nobody comes to your shows and when you're at a like a, a small level, like um, I, I would say that maybe, maybe we are at. Absolutely. Um, that's part of the game. When people don't show up to your shows. But I think while you can't you cannot shut down if mm-hmm. nobody comes to your shows. I guess that's kind of more my question. Like, how do you handle that yeah. in that situation? Like, You have to remember why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And if it's just to get glorified by people, which is fine. Some people thrive off that, and they do great. But if it is... Um, more power to them. Yeah, power to you. 
but um you got like there's something about like um you have to do it mm-hmm. i guess because that's like something that like i guess like in my question like i really respect that about musicians because like I've been to, like you're saying, I've been to friend shows, you know what I mean, that have just been, like, five people there or something like that, you know what I mean, but they still, like, crush it, you know what I mean, and it, it's, like, very respectful, you, it's, like, it's what you care about, and it's what you, you, you have the dream in your mind, and you have the vision, you know what I mean, Yeah. and it, it's really respectful, I think a lot of people could really, sorry, could really take from that as a life lesson, honestly, to just keep pursuing what you do with complete faith in yourself you know and it it's crazy in this day and age with how easy it is to make music and to book yourself with the social media platforms and um i say again to like record your music with logic or a garage band or whatever you have essentially if you if you want to choose to be a musician it's not like it was in the 70s or 60s 70s 80s where like you'd be a musician you you want to get signed to a label and they're going to do everything essentially if you want to be a musician you're an entrepreneur Right. That is how it is. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, and it's like it's this isn't for the weak, really. I mean, you're in for the long haul unless you know, you have some natural innate ability that's a a given talent, you know, which is few and far between. You're gonna be out there working your butt off and you know trying to really make it work any way you can because that's what you thrive on and that's what you wanna do. You know, I, people always ask me questions about music and all I ever really tell them is like, you got to just have fun and, yep. you, and you just, you, you can't get burnt out on it. You, it's so easy to, to happen too. you know, it happens to all of us. It's, but you just, it's not for the weak. And, and I, and I don't mean that lightly, you know, it's, it's a long haul. Absolutely. It's like ACDC says, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long way to the top if you yeah, want to rock and roll. <laughs> but I do appreciate I that. that. <laughs> I, it's it's a beautiful thing in artists and everything. It's, it's the whole vulnerability that I think every human wishes that they could truly be vulnerable in an essence like that. You know, it's, it's really bare bones type thing, you know. And I don't think a lot of people can touch on that even in just like their everyday life. You know, I so. think I think that what you just said is to a, to a degree why live music is so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can just do it on the spot and you can feel the the energy of the people around you and play off that and thrive off that. And it's it's cool when you see a band that you know when there's people there and you see that that energy feed and it's, and then them feeding off of that and then playing better. Like that's how I got into fish, dude. I can remember the instant that I was like, okay, I'm a fish fan. <laughs> as lame as it sounds, but like, I think it's seven, uh, three, 13 Spock, Spack, whatever you want to say. Wolfman's brother. I've told you the story. You hate Wolfman's brother, but you know, it's it a is my song. bathroom song. <laughs> or you don't hate I'll it. Admit it's it. your bathroom song. <laughs> it's a great song though, but it's, a. Uh, not even control like the a, crowd. It's like a, not to interrupt you, but it's like a Sweet. Wolfman's brother, you know, it's like a continuation of like, other great classic rock songs you know it's like even though i don't i don't know if that was how it was intended but at least that that's like the the vibe i get is like it's just it's just had to happen you know that yeah. song had to happen it was inevitable that and you know who's the who's the best band to do that you know is fish you know <laughs> these wacky guys who write songs about nothing no literally <laughs> it, 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 back lyrics, it's meaningless it's not me that's well sorry, no there's wrong word, yeah, they're but awesome. the lyrics are very obscure i guess that's a bit better way to put it obscure but then you see trey control a, not con, yeah control a crowd with his guitar and that's not just trey you know that's the whole band but literally like trey like you can see in his hand he's like leveling his like leveling and like yeah and it he yeah. just fucking controls the crowd and just keeps them fucking going and it's like it's almost you see the crowd moving to the, like the strong. I don't know. It's. I remember when I saw that video in particular. I was like, Emotion. "There's something to this." There, yeah. You know what I mean, there's something to this exactly. Hypnotized. And that's far reaching into. There is absolutely music in general. To yeah. You're totally right. Hypnosis. Dude, that band in the jam band community, and I, I really hope I haven't said this on a podcast before, but like. Fish and the Dead and it go from any name a jam band like I'm, I'm talking about any twiddle pigeons playing ping pong goose 
aqueous whatever um if you those bands it's so smart especially now to where like the billboard top 100 and all that stuff trying to get your your music on the on the charts oh, who all, fucking cares well that that <laughs> absolutely who fucking cares but Sorry also you. it's like it's so it's so corrupt now you can buy these things you can you can you can get your stuff on play i don't know yeah, it's like who whose back are you scratching or Exactly. Yeah. Point point is like you can chase that grind. That's you can do that and choose to do that grind, that's great. But all these bands that previously mentioned, they doubled down on the live music. And some of those like the Dead obviously since the 60s, Fish Fish since the 80s. Um I don't know how old Pigeons is, maybe 2000s. But um if you can capitalize on being a great live band, do good tours, be organized, be Personal. an organization, then you don't have to give a fuck about being on the radio or getting getting on the number one song for the month. You just tour, man. You put out songs to the people that are going to listen, and you tour around to get ticket sales. And you can build a life off that. Absolutely. That's sick. Yeah. And it's, and that's, you know, that's a, that's the that's the dream, right? Is getting out there and, um, and doing that and figuring that whole thing out. And there's, there's so many different ways to do it. Um, and it seems like in the scene that we're in, you know, we, we kind of know what to expect because, you know, we, we go and hang out at these shows and festivals and it's like, Oh, okay. So this is like kind of the idea. But then once you get up there and you start playing, it's like a whole nother, absolutely whole, whole nother ball game. And you're like, Oh, this is not like a giant party because in about one or two hours, we're getting back on the road and uh, we're heading out to go play the next gig, you know, and especially at the level that we're, that we're doing, it's like, you gotta be going multiple nights. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want to make anything, you know, and if you want to make an impact and you want to, and then you got to get back to those places. You want to see all those people again. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then you're creating memories and, and relationships and really it's like symbiotic. It's like some greater, I don't know, like a, a, almost like a therapist or something like a, like a band. I would 100% (laughs) say that music has, was my therapy through, (laughs) I'm not, dude, I'm fit. Like music saved my ass. Heavy. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, no, no, you yeah. said music and therapy, thing. and I was like, yes, one hundred percent, dude. Yes. yes, it is. It's like you know, uh, at Lockin, they do. Uh, <sighs> Keller does like Sunday. the Grateful Gospel, and and they do like the whole gospel jam, and they that's super cool. Yeah, and it's it's Beautiful. like a sight to see. Yeah, it's over. Have y'all it, seen that before? Going to church. Yeah. yeah. That's sick. Yeah. And it, I think, or the year that I saw it, at least was in the Brooklyn Bowl. They call it the Brooklyn Bowl, I think. And it's kind of like laid down. But me and my friend had, had like a spot right over the ridge that it like went down kind of. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. some, there's like a little thin patch of trees. And we hung yeah. our hammocks in there. And that's where we listened to Grateful Gospel. And it was beautiful. It's so beautiful. I saw all got on that Sunday. Because I think Fish was going to play that later that Sunday. But I only got to see him that Saturday. But, uh. But yeah, uh, going back to kind of what you're saying, though, I think that all ties into like a personal experience with the artists you love. Like, if you can have a a truly personal experience where you relate, like, it can get you hooked, man. Yeah. At least for my with what I have to offer. And you like know. you said, music really is like a man. If anybody's going through any type of struggle, like music is the way to turn. You know. Cheers. Agreed. That or comedy. Comedy. Can I just say <laughs> self deprecation? Dude, I think comedy is the hardest art. I'll just say that. Really? I believe that. I second that. I that's just like a whole other beast. Yeah. As th- an entertainer, as someone who likes to entertain other people, like, like being funny is I, I can't imagine the pre like think of Dave Chappelle or Joe Rogan, like even at that level, I think like like people paid up to 50 bucks a ticket for the nosebleeds to go More. to your show. Get up there and talk for two hours. Right. Make 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 them, their money's worth. It's just you and a mic. 
<sighs> scary. That's, <it>. That's scary. <laughs> That's it. Just you and a mic, nothing else. It's not like football. You got a whole team. Yeah. You know? It's not like a band, you know, just you, got, you and the mic. Yeah. Nothing else. You ain't a rapper. You ain't got a backbeat behind you. You got no backbeat. You got nothing. It's you versus the fucking air of the, you know, wind that you're blowing out of your mouth. <laughs> Dude, I just couldn't imagine, like, captivating an audience. Like, I can barely do it for an hour. <laughs> We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. Great, I can, I can so captivate cool. the hour. But, um, but yeah, dude, that I, I kind of – I think I agree I with it. you. That is a very hard art to do. Like, I couldn't imagine – and that's, like, putting your – you know, you're. We're talking about like artists putting themselves on the lines, like when they play music. You know, like think about that's like your that's like deep dark type things about yourself. You know and what I mean? It totally, dude. Or and how you feel about certain things. Absolutely. And if and if comedy, I think it's so like so evident. If you're not coming off as completely real, it does not work. Yeah. So you have to be entirely real. You have to be entirely real. Well, music, you can actually kind of like, you can kind of like hide. A little bit more, I think. Yeah. You know? Dude, I'm... I think less is more sometimes, too, you know? But, like, bands like Fish, you know, they put all that information out. So they're, like, the opposite of... It's like... I guess when I... I see smaller bands, honestly, like, I more like... So what you're saying, like, the personalized experience and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, I like... I feel like I can tell when, like, a smaller like a real the realness you know what i mean it's just because it's it's the love they pour into it you know yeah what I mean? absolutely so like sacred hollow you guys pour love into music thank you man yeah and as is Trevor a lot Clark, of the bands yeah. are in all Nashville, facets man. i guess as a for a former member you know that we was part all, of my introduction <laughs> we all we all <laughs> we all freaking we're doing it you know absolutely and that's what's yes you're absolutely right that's what's like important i think that's like the greatest quality to music is uh is the realness and like just just being there and doing it and uh not hiding it's so easy nowadays to like be a, a musician well like a song creator or soundscape designer yeah and i'm not knocking anyone because i do it all the time i right now i have a i use garage band and i use like the I don't know what they're called. They're like these piano settings and you can kind of like fake play, pay, play, Jesus, fake play <laughs> piano. Yeah. And I throw it through the loop and I do like some other weird stuff with, with the pad and, and it, it's interesting, but it's so easy to, it's so user friendly, you know, it's so easy just to plug and play and get ideas going and, and get that creative juice flowing, which I think inspires people ultimately to, you know, become better. Yeah. That crafts. first little boost you get that first sort of like, Oh, I figured this little thing out. Let's figure out the next thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that's, what's, what's so great. And, and kind of the downfall of technology, you know, you can create so many cool things and, and not know what you're doing. And then, you know, you get later down the road and you're like, crap, you know, I should know what I'm doing, you know? Absolutely. And I think I'm reflecting on myself. Really, that's kind of. I f- dude, I, I I feel that. Have um, I feel like there comes to when you, when you're playing music or any sort of art at all, you have like when you want to do it professionally, you have to you hit the wall of like, all right, I can do it. Now how how good am I going to be at this? And then like some people are some people get to that point like, all right, word, I can do it. Sick. Let's go do other things. Right. And then but and that's fine. But then there is like there are the people that find something that they want to do, and I don't know. <clears throat> I guess I guess I'm just saying, artists find what they want to do and they double down on it, and that's how you build a career. Uh, so I, like I you, guess, you, for lack of a better word, you find your qual, you find how good you're. Like you're saying, you're like I'm going to be this good, and if you work that hard, you will be that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If you really want to put the work into it, it just depends on what, work, how much work. And time and effort you really want to put into things. I'm not a musician, hours. but it's just you know human thing, you know that yeah. work. Yeah, know. ten thousand hours is good. I like that. Uh, I, I don't know where I heard that, but it's like ten thousand hours to master. It's a like craft. the Beatles did that, right? They that was like they played one bar. Yeah. And they did. They did like they did their ten thousand hours. They just played this one place, kind of. 
it's it's a great uh it's a great like way to think about it the 10,000 hours it might be more or less for some people right <laughs> but <laughs> it's like a really a great way to think about it it's like it's gonna it, you you got to make the mistakes you got to you know chisel in and really make a groove and then you're like okay once you start to get to know music you're like okay i, I understand music now and then it's like all right well who am i right you know how how am i gonna play you know how am i gonna play the instrument i think chisel is a sick word yeah. to, to use when describing that like like it's it's that's an encouraging thing to say because it's like it's there it's always been there you just got to cut it out exactly that's, that's i like that yeah that's good well, you guys, um, I think we've hit about an hour. Um, Trevor, thank you so much for being here, yeah, man. Thanks, this Trevor. has been super awesome. Woo! Hey, this uh, is great, you guys. I love this. Would thank you, you mind? Uh, what you said you were working on a new record or an EP or something like that. Would you oh, mind yeah. just closes out with that or something like that? Yeah, uh, the time is now. Now, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's going to be coming out later this summer. I haven't released an official uh, release date. I'm just kind of you know, cruising in the right lane and hanging out and going slow with things right now and just taking my time. So, yeah, the time is now. It's going to have Kyle Tuttle on it and uh, a few other friends. I know Dan uh, Davis. Dan shout Davis. out to Dan. Shout out Dan. He's... Uh, I love you, Dan. He's recording <laughs> and uh, he's rec- he recorded the album and now he's working on the mixes right now, so... I was just over there hanging out with him and it sounded great. Very awesome, cool. Man. Yeah. Happy for you, dude. That's great. Yeah. That I'm is still, awesome. This that's my it'll be my first official release. Oh, so cool. Very I, cool. I have a bunch of like other music that you can find on uh Bandcamp and Sound SoundCloud just under Trevor Clark. Nice. And uh and I have I have a a song on Spotify as well, but this will be like my first official release. So I'm pretty proud of it. I'm I'm excited and I'm sorry if I missed it, but do you have an estimated um guess when it might be out? You know, I'm hoping before summer ends. Okay. Nice. Um yeah. I'm just kinda like playing it slow. There's lots of things happening in the world right now. Yeah, yeah understood. Um there's no need to rush this. Uh but the time is is now, so and uh yeah, I wish I could give you guys an exact release date, but oh, that's all good. I'm just just glad to hear about it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 almost finished. So right on. Awesome, Stay, you know, keep your eyes out because I'm gonna be posting about you know when it's gonna officially release and then what I'm gonna do. So. Well, right on, Drew. Do you have any uh, closing plugs for us? Uh, yeah, if you guys like what you heard today, please like and subscribe to the Music City Podcast. And if you guys want to see shorter segments, please go over to the MCP Clips page and uh, like and subri- subscribe to that as well. Uh, thank you very much, Trevor, for being on here tonight, and uh, we're going to sign out. Peace. <laughs>